0: Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with The Church Safety Guys, sponsored by Checker, background screens for your faith or volunteer organization. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization. Our mission is to inspire, influence, and impact church safety and security teams. We are protectors, guardians, ambassadors, and shepherds. We are about all things church safety and security, which starts with a ministry mindset and a servant's heart. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, James McGarvey, Paul Buckner, and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on social media, YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, and on the all-new Church Security app. Well, good
1: evening and welcome to the Church Safety and Security broadcast. This is being aired live Sunday night. I am your host, James, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Mike and Paul, this evening. So how are you guys doing? Not too bad.
2: We were talking before we got started. This is my new chaplain <laughs> shirt for the next time we do a police barbecue or a benefit shoot or something. I saw this hanging on the rack yesterday
1: and I went, oh. <laughs> so if you uh, if you just joined us or joining us at a later time, welcome to season six of the Church Safety Guys broadcast. And um, if you're listening at a later time on YouTube for free to click like, and subscribe in the lower right-hand corner. And, uh, as always, you can visit us at church uh, for more great resources, download the church security app. And, uh, all that information is on our website and available at any time. But, uh, as you're listening to us tonight, feel free to, uh, share with your team, like, uh, post questions. If you've got, uh, questions about our content for the night down in the in the uh, feed, and we'll do our best to try and get to them and and um, kind of go from there. So it was kind of an interesting, I, I want to say it was kind of interest, interesting day. I, I got to go visit another church in Columbus, which doesn't happen too often, um, but uh, I spent the morning kind of walking through meeting new people and, and talking to folks about uh, that want to set up a safety team. and so it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I always enjoy getting to meet new people and and that sort of thing. and um, so it was it was good. It was refreshing to to do something different. but Mike, you had a an interesting story you wanted to share before we jump into topic.
3: <laughs> well, I was uh, visiting another church, not my my core church that I serve every week, but uh, so not in a core safety team capacity but there as an advisor uh to their future building project um and so i was i was just kind of attending kind of in that in the spirit of worship one serve one so i had already served this morning and and i was just heading here well unbeknownst because of course I why would i know because i'm not i'm not in the chain of command or any sort of informed uh party in that church but uh the pastor decides to make it a Sunday that the first I've seen, and apparently there's been others, but uh, to pick out a topic that uh, decided to speak truth and biblical truth. And we know how sometimes biblical truth can rub people the wrong way. And unfortunately, more and more uh, nowadays, it seems as if there are more things being invented and uh, created uh i think that they're of the devil but uh, that's just uh that's uh, another piece but he decided to just call it straight out like it is and he prefaced his entire um uh, sermon really of kind of saying one uh god loves everybody period full stop this is not a political sermon period full stop that's how he opened and so from that moment on i was like okay strap in folks it's going to be a wild ride <laughs> Um, and and I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for this, and I'm immediately saying, okay, this is interesting. I wish I had sat in a different seat, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But really, what happened is over the progression of it is, Amen. Praise God, He spoke the truth. It wasn't wishy washy. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Let's bend and capitulate, and let's try to find a way to weave in um, untruths into God's word um but as a result it 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 really meant that there was there were daggers coming back at the pastor by some people and there were young adults and young students, like teenagers that were still in the room for this sermon and you could see that even they were confused uh because why wouldn't they be confused they've had nothing but confusion sewn at them for years now right and the the real difference is no security threat actually happened but um, the pastor and I spoke after and it was palpable. You could tell that there was just the, the it's almost, uh, it's weird. I would almost describe it without having it to compare is what people would say in a movie is a ghostly experience where all of a sudden it just felt like there was a different presence in that room. Not acknowledging or saying anything about ghosts. I'm just saying it from a sense that the atmosphere changed so dramatically in that room that was sure. you could feel it. It went from light to heavy from very grace and friendly to almost hostile. And while nothing actually happened, I went from attendance mode to full on something's gonna happen mode. And it was just a heightened extent. And so this can happen anywhere. I hope that it's happening in in churches all over. We know it's not necessarily happening, but when it does, I hope that those security teams are informed that hey, this message might be a bit more charged. Sure, the word of God should not be charged, but when that's coming out and they may, people may be rubbed the wrong way because of their convictions, their right. challenge, their their choices in life. We as well, a safety team need to know about that.
1: Absolutely, you know, and we don't always get to pick and choose the churches that we attend. We don't always get to pick and choose the message. We don't always get to pick and choose how. Um, how people respond to it. Right. We've, we've seen, and, and I've, I've seen actually a, a, a giant uh, precedent being set where in churches where it's like, look, if you don't like what the pastor's saying, you know, there's an option to leave, but instead of taking that option or, or in a constructive way, disagreeing and going, you know, maybe after the fact and saying, you know, that's how I was raised, you know, go to the pastor after the fact and say, look, this is biblically why I'm not sure about this. Can you explain it to me, like with an open mind to, to try and problem solve and to do that? And I think with our culture and, and a younger culture, I think what we're seeing is that people are, allowing the social media mentality of just being able to say and do whatever without consequences to come over and, um, kind of infiltrate. Yeah. Infiltrate with, with church. And so what we're seeing is regardless of the message, people are getting agitated and, and, um, being relaxed about showing that it's like, okay, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Um, we've had, we've had similar experiences at our church through the years, and I'm thankful that whenever, uh, whenever the topic is going to be really deep and intense, um, my senior pastor, a lot of times will call me the night before and he'll say, Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad's going to happen, but I'm letting you know that we're discussing, you know, I'm preaching, you know, God's put this on my heart. I'm preaching on some serious topics tomorrow. And we're handling, you know, in in one situation, one case, we're handling church discipline in front of the church. And it's like, you know, he said, this is is the first time we've had to do this. So we're doing it and we're going to do it the right way. And he's like, I'm letting you know because, you know, of the potential, you know, impact and response from people. And I mean, thankfully, in our case, there was no, everything went smoothly it was handled beautifully you know you hate to see something like church discipline or asking someone to step down or leave happen to begin with but if it could have happened you know that was the best way that it happened and and we were prepared for it we had folks that were ready to respond to that um in love right if if somebody got to the point of of just being um, super aggressive with with that service, so it's it's hard, it's sad that people respond that way. But you know, honestly, it, it really shouldn't it shouldn't surprise us because of the way our culture is and and the changes that we're seeing from generation to generation. We but- got
3: beliefs that are changing, and beliefs and culture that is changing and it's rooted in mm-hmm. something that's changing. Scripture right. and God's word does not change. It says right. so in multiple places in the Bible. And I think the difference is, is that it's where belief systems are all about where they start, Right. and it's God's word. So if you start in God's word and mm-hmm. you realize it doesn't change just because the times change or the culture changes or social media gets introduced or some political party wants to push one thing over another thing, none of that matters when you go back to where the foundation is. Amen. So it was it was a very interesting yeah. uh, interesting Sunday morning. Uh, again, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, where it goes after this, but I'm also curious next Sunday. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be potentially some pushback. And sure. what does that pushback look like? And I'm not saying this is going to turn into a full-on threat situation, but you can see people that become – overly aggressive and take their contempt or anger about an issue a bit for a bit too far.
1: Well, and and I think what's interesting too, honestly, this, this ties into our, our topic for tonight and, um, you know, a conversation that I had earlier today with, with the church that I was visiting, um, the, the gentleman that I was walking with that, um, and spending some time with today he asked me he's like so what are what are your qualifications for safety team because they're trying to set up a safety team and and they're trying to move forward and one of the things i said to him right off the bat i said is um first of all i i prefer my preference is that one um you know they're saved right they yeah. they have a solid relationship with christ i said in two that they're members of the church and not brand new members but members that have been committed and and there for a while. And he kind of looked at me and he said, well, why do you say that? Like, what's your, what's your philosophy behind that? And I said, you know, I'm happy to explain that. I said, the reason that I say, you know, you need to be a member of the church is because you need to be a hundred percent sold in." the mission, the values, the structure of that church, and you're demonstrating commitment by being a member, you're demonstrating commitment um, to the leadership, that you are standing with the leadership, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Now does that mean that, and and I never used to be, honestly, and and I'm just throwing this out there, um, but I used to to not be a big proponent of membership. I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking church membership, you know, the body of Christ, it goes beyond a building, church building, why do I need to commit to that member, the membership piece of it? And then I started really looking at it from a safety aspect, and that kind of tipped my head to say, you know what, think about it this way, As, as leadership in a church, You're not always going to agree 100% with everything that happens, with everything that they do. But the people that are protecting and maintaining order need to be able to go in there and maintain that order regardless to create a safe environment. It's like, you know, I kind of compare that to, um, you know, a police department that gets a new chief, right? You might not necessarily like the new chief or the mayor. You might not like their principles, but at the end of the day, if you're an officer in that department, what do you have to do? You know, you have to uphold the law and you have to do what they ask. So if you're doing what they ask, then you have two options. One, you can accomplish the mission they ask, or two, you can leave, right, right. and go, go do something else or, you know, decide not to do that. So I think to an extent, I think that um, we've, we've kind of forgotten the commitment part. And like I said earlier, we've kind of forgotten with our culture, the idea of, you know what, if you don't agree with somebody, let's sit down and talk about it and try and figure out, especially if it's a biblical concept that you're not agreeing with, let's, you know, let's sit down in a quiet environment Running up to somebody, running up to a pastor after a service as church is dismissing and saying, you heretic and pulling out your Bible, and this is what the Bible says. That's probably not the best time to sit, sit down and do that. And um, I think, I don't know, I, I think a lot of times when we're, when we're dealing with, and that's kind of, that's some of our topic tonight. I wanted to talk about vision and culture um, that's kind of understanding part of our culture. From the the sake of, you know, committing as a member means it doesn't mean that you're going to one hundred percent always like serving. It doesn't mean that you're going to one hundred percent always agree or be on board with the leadership of the church. What it means is, from an, an operational mental piece, what it means is you're committing that regardless of what happens that you're going to do the best you can to support them and if something comes up you know you're holding them accountable like they're holding you accountable so you should be you know comfortable with with approaching them and saying you know what i didn't understand and and how many conflicts could be resolved from this right <laughs> you guys have both been in church for a long time you know you know what i'm saying and and so so of our listeners but you know of the conflicts that I saw growing up in my home church could have been avoided if it had been one of those things where, you know, the pastor just sat down and explained his heart to people. Now, I'm not saying they would have agreed with it, but I am saying that, you know, that open communication leads to open relationships, leads to. A solid foundation of understanding and being able to work with that person and you know i, I may not a hundred percent agree with what you do or your lifestyle or something else but that doesn't mean that i can't get along with you as an individual and you know and and demonstrate and show that respect so
3: well vision is such a foundational element i think it's just you're either on board or you're not and i think one, sure. thing, one thing you didn't say is it's not to also say that what the pastors ask you to do is always right either. Um, Correct. They're human. We're all flawed. We all make bad decisions sometimes. So it's not to say that we won't encounter a situation where we're asked to uphold or execute or um, do things that may not be the right situation. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a time and place for just disagreeing there's never really a time to be disagreeable. And I think uh, unless you truly got to a point where you got somebody who's gone so rogue that they're trying to take the church in a completely different direction and almost undermining the bedrock principles of the church and scripture and everything else, yeah, then that, that might be a pitchfork and, and uh, torch time, kind of time. But beyond <laughs> that, I think it, it's, it's really about the foundation. And I think you're right, James, we have to ascribe to what that is. And the church sets that. We yeah. also have a duty to set that as leaders for our ministry, for our team. But it starts at the top.
1: Sure. Paul, you, you wanted to, to jump in and add something?
2: Oh, well, I was listening to this, and there's so much good stuff. I was thinking about the fact that we're in an era where now everybody's super mobile and it's really really easy to hop churches didn't like the sermon here this sunday pick up stakes and go a completely different direction to a totally different church and scripture says it's in first uh, timothy i don't want to lie here it's in second timothy four three and it says for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear and you can always find somebody that serves the offering plate And, but, and there, there's different aspects of that, that, that that, to me work into what you guys were talking about, because you're always going to have people that will just pick up stakes and leave, but you want to work with the, those, those folks that are true believers that really want to go the distance that aren't offended constantly, et cetera, and so forth. And then secondly, I remember many, many years ago, a wise and now promoted to heaven pastor that I knew a lady came up and I've told this story before, but after we had a, a 400 child vacation Bible school that brought children and adults to Christ. It raised the membership. And this was a church that was all retirees in a retirement community. So it was going to die. And this lady comes up and told our pastor, she says, we're not ever doing a vacation Bible school again, because there's a grubby little handprint on the wall, on a washable paint wall. And the cliff note version is he looks at her and says, well, I tell you what, I'll I'll go to the board and tell them what your thoughts are. And even tell them, I think that's a good idea. If I was 13 years old when i heard him say that and i thought if you can (laughs) answer this question to your own satisfaction and she goes what and he goes how much is one human soul worth to you and i think if we broke down what we do in church to that to jesus christ and him crucified if we broke it down to that um we'd solve a lot of problems because how many times has somebody come up and gone, okay, listen, seriously, the last time that we did one of these, I bought red solo cups. And whoever did this time just bought the generics. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I mean, and I'm being silly, but but we get into, I literally know of a church through a friend of mine that they, they could not have had a healthy church life. I mean, the culture in their mm-hmm. church. They split because at a church planning meeting, They could not decide if the carpet needed to be blue for the water of life or red because it would hide communion and represented the stains and represented the blood of Christ. So now there are two separate churches. Um, Presumably they have blue carpet and red carpet, but there are two different churches because they could not agree on the color of the carpet.
1: I think what's interesting and and to that to that point, and I mean, I've seen the same I've seen the same mentality, same situation, too, over the years with as long as as long as I've been involved in churches. But I think it's interesting because when we first moved to Columbus uh, 14, about 14 years ago. Um, the first thing, the one thing that I had said to my wife when we first moved to this area was I wanted to find a church. We had been driving 45 minutes one way to an evangelical church every Sunday. And I'm a firm believer that if, you know, if you're going to be involved with a church, that the church needs to be involved in the community. And it's very hard to serve in that community when you've got an hour and a half drive to get to that community and, and kind of deal with stuff. And so one of my things is I I said, when we moved to Columbus, I want to find a house. And my next biggest thing is I want to find a church, a local church that's in the community. So when we moved to the the area, we pulled up, we um, actually went to Awana, um, to the kids program, their website, and there were two churches in Columbus that actually offered Awana. And one of them, only two, and as uh, you know, it's a solid biblical kids program. And we thought, you know what, if that church is willing to offer programs, solid programs for kids, and we have kids, then that church is a good church. And it's in the right place. Now, maybe that was a, a major assumption, but we went there the first Sunday we walked in, we met the assistant pastor, um, who is now the, uh, the senior pastor of the church. And the rest is history. You know, we've been there for for fourteen years, right. um, but which I think, you know, again, I think that's a God thing. I think that's that's providential. But at the same time, you know, now this last week, I was looking at um, sending out flyers to churches for our our church security essentials conference, um, October second in Columbus. Quick plug if you're listening <laughs> to it but i wanted to personally invite some churches so i start googling and seeing all of the churches in the area and without a joke in in a 20 minute radius now there was almost 200 churches and i'm like 14 years ago there was like four or five so what's changed in 14 years now the area has grown i mean columbus has has continued to grow it, originally it was a good Uh, At one time, it was a good place on a lot of reviews and stuff to, hey, raise a family, go here, blah, blah, blah. But to me, I'm like, you know what? What's interesting is that I know at least one or two of those churches were created and started because individuals did not like how um, things were happening at a local church. So it's like, okay, so how many times have people just been like, you know what? i'm i'm just going to go start another church and you know i don't i don't know um but uh one of the things for sure one of the things that we wanted to talk about tonight uh was vision and mission and uh we what's interesting is we actually have a couple of books on the topic believe it or not Mm -hmm. and uh we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about those books since it's since it's released so I definitely wanted to chat about that, but um, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick sponsor break. And so when we come back, we will jump into that and we'll talk about um, vision and mission more in depth and some some of the resources that we have. So don't go anywhere, stay with us and we'll be right back with you.
0: With over 50 years of experience with religious and nonprofit organizations, Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates understands that your congregation is different from a traditional business. We're here to fulfill your needs, coming to you while creating a personal plan for your budget and size. From your local community to around the globe, we are advocates for you. Thomas Alexander Insurance & Associates, your partner in service.
4: Nobody thinks it will happen to them, but with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, It's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only 10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most no other program comes close we believe an educated member is an empowered member we do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys firearms instructors law enforcement and experts in all areas of self-defense law we at u.s law shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection
0: The Church Safety Guys broadcast. The Church Safety Guys help church and place of worship safety and security teams all over North America through our broadcasts, online communities, conferences, trainings, resources, and the all-new church security app. Download it today. Help us continue to reach churches by supporting our sponsors, purchasing our resources, and consider becoming a ministry partner by making a monthly or one-time donation. Remember to like, subscribe, and share this broadcast with your team. And now, back to the broadcast.
1: Good evening and welcome back to the Sunday Night Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Uh, if you just joined us, thanks for coming back. <laughs> thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us. So uh, tonight uh, we are talking about the topic of vision and mission in the church and and kind of chatting a little bit about that. So we have um, a really cool resource here. You might have saw it in the credits. I'll zoom in on that so you can see that so um mike and i kind of put together uh an earlier an earlier resource and we we uh we changed the title of it because it made a little bit more sense in the cover but um inspire influence and impact and this kind of started off just the idea of having a ministry life cycle and mike why don't you you jump into that real quick and just tell folks what what that's about sure so
3: the intention was to look at uh, the idea of operating a ministry is a continual cycle. You're going to experience ebbs and flows. You're going to have highs and lows. You're going to have starts, restarts, hopefully not. But there's different points and highs, uh, highs and lows throughout that. What you can do is follow a consistent pattern and just continue around that cycle as you you go through to operate that ministry. And there's a pattern of success. There's a pattern of kind of squeezing out the most benefit, if you will, out of executing and leading your team. And we don't want to make this harder. We want to make it easier. So most of us are doing this completely free. We're not being paid to do uh, this on a Sunday morning. Certainly we're not paid to do this show. But at the same point, it's it's one of those things where we want to make it smarter, not harder to lead a ministry. And it starts there. Is It starts with that foundational element is that it's a ministry first. Okay, we talked about it a little bit earlier before the break. I would rather an usher I can train in tactics, okay, than a hardened military trained, uh, praise God that they did, uh, veteran police officer, praise God that they did. But I want somebody who has that capacity to love on somebody, I'm not saying that those can't, but they got to start with that ministry mindset. And they then we got to have the tactics because they're more. you're way more likely that that person leading the team needs to encounter somebody to pray with or treat medically then you will or or even encounter crisis then you are to ever run into a situation where it requires uh super sound precision tactics uh in order to kind of put down or squelch and so we want to start there we want to start with that foundation when you branch through that it, it then goes into vision and vision is really about our topic here tonight, and casting that vision for your team, but consuming and absorbing the vision and mission of your church. What does that look like? How do you apply it to your team? How do you execute and deliver upon the vision and mission of the church through your team? That is not about tactics, that is not about response, that is not about gear and tactical and any of that. It is plain and simple, how do we deliver on the mission of the church? What can we do as a servant in the church to do that? And that's where we start. The life cycle continues and we'll unpack other parts about that as we go through it. But the idea is that you grow through that, through the idea of recruiting, through engaging your team, through looking at equipping them, what do they need in order to be effective in this ministry? How do we then train? And and we talk about that all the time. Um, What training is necessary, always important, but training also involves ministry aspects and heart condition and dealing with people in crisis and having conversations and praying with people and loving on people. So they come to Christ, not drawing your firearm and racing across the church and having 17 uh, different ways to run a scenario. Great. There's a time and place. Again, it's just one part. It's this big across the big spectrum of what you need to prepare for so it continues through there but then we also realize that there's folks that have been doing this for years like each of us okay and there's days and times where each of us feel burned out there's days and times where more things are going on at home and we can't get into that right mindset to serve effectively and we have to step out of the way and so there's times where each of us need to renew our And reinvigorate and recharge and refuel and reinvest to be able to put that cap back on, to put those tools back on our belt, to prepare to open that Bible again, to step back into that gap and to serve as a part of a ministry. That is the ministry life cycle summarized very quickly. And we're going to go back (laughs) to that foundation and talk more about vision.
1: So you actually, you you summarized it very nicely. I'm just going to say it's, you know, it's not like we've spent a lot of time hashing out some of, (laughs) some of that stuff. Um, But no, it is, it is cool. And that, that ministry life cycle rests on a foundation of humility, gratitude, um, ministry mindset and servant leadership. And so what we've done is we've basically, we've started a series trying to, to, to look at each one of those topics and um, dive into that deeper. Cause we don't, I mean, obviously we won't have time um, every Sunday to, to talk about every one of those topics to the, the fullest extent. But when we talk about vision and we talk about vision being like the first, first channel, the first link in that um, ministry life cycle, one of the things that, that I, always like to mention is because a lot of times people say, what's the difference between vision and mission to me. Uh, and this is just, this is kind of my, my thoughts on it because I've just gone, I just went, um, what was it? 20, I think it was 15, 15 weeks through a vision casting program for the church plant that we're doing. Um, but to me, vision is, is the, um, Mission, let me back up. Mission, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mission is the purpose of the church. So what is the church feasibly trying to accomplish, trying to do? Vision is how that's accomplished. Like to me, that's the easiest way to, to explain that. So vision can be short term, vision can be long term. Um, in a lot of cases, I like to look at it as, as in from a church safety standpoint, I like to look at it as um physical versus spiritual, because in a sense with church safety, we have all of these things that we need to do from a physical standpoint. We need to protect the building. We need to do medical. We need to do all this stuff. And from a spiritual aspect, because if you're incorporating that ministry piece that Mike was talking about, uh earlier then you understand and you realize that it is a ministry and you can't just have one without the other you've got to incorporate the two of them together and you've got to push forward to be able to say okay you know yes we're supporting the mission of the church but our vision here also is similar to the vision of the church and how can we actively move forward to engage and be part of the church supporting that but also have a vision and a mission ourselves and and what i mean by that is you know as a leader over church a church safety team you have an obligation to lead the individuals and leading them isn't just doing the tactics training doing the scenarios it's also discipleship making sure that individuals are engaged making sure that they're renewed. And, you know, getting to the point where, you know, you have an engaging relationship, because if you don't have an engaging relationship with that individual, what happens? You're going to lose that individual at some point in time. If they're not engaged or motivated to accomplish the purpose of that safety team, the vision or the mission of the church, they're going to be exhausted. They're not going to want to do it. Um, they're going to lose really the spark and the, the passion and the joy of doing that. And so um, when we started talking about it initially, you know, the three of us were kind of like, we want to do something where, you know, we can, we can offer resources and, and try and help folks understand that and understand that, you know, across the board. Now, the cool thing that I like about the, the vision book is it explains a lot of that that stuff and that information. Uh, but there's also a big section. This is kind of my favorite, favorite piece in the back um, of the book. But there's a, a, a conclusion section that actually goes into explaining generational differences. And to me, if you're anything, if your church is anything like our church, which is a mix of ages serving from, you know, teens, late teens to, you know 70s 80s then you know you need to understand as a leader that how those people respond and how they're motivated is different based on their generation and their age um you know we come we're coming from the three of us are coming from a generation where uh, you know our parents if if church was open if the if the church doors were open we were there right it didn't matter if you had Rona, it didn't matter what you had, you were sitting in that pew and you were going to hear about how Jesus loves you. And that was just it. And if your family was involved, like my family was a lot of times after Sunday, you expected to be on your best behavior because you knew your mom was going to invite somebody over for Sunday lunch. (laughs) We've kind of gotten away from that just a tiny bit. Um, but the reality is that we still as leaders, we still need to be um, cognizant and aware of those differences and be able to relate to those individuals and help motivate and keep them engaged as well. So I'll throw it throw it over to Paul. I know you're you're like I want to say something, go for it. <laughs> Just
2: listening the, um it has changed. The dynamic has changed and sizes of churches have shifted. I mean, we've got, we've got churches on scales in some places that we've never had. And, you know, there's, there's logistical things and and all kinds of stuff that go with that. And there's challenges when it comes to security, there's challenges when it comes to reaching out. I mean, I grew up, I went from a church with 650 members as a kid to a church with 45 members and it grew to over 200. And then I'm at a church of 1500 now, and it's grown from, it was just a hair, what, 800-something, I think, when I started. And it's grown very rapidly during a time that most churches haven't grown. And so mm-hmm. every church has its own dynamics and its own culture. And <clears throat> we also have a thing now that I've seen, uh, at least in my area, that I didn't ever used to see. Maybe I would, maybe I just didn't see it and it happened. But I've seen where 60, 80 people have left a church and gone to a different church. I mean, we, I've seen shifts and... And movements within churches where people not only leave and move, but then you've got then you've got changes in churches where I've seen a lot of home groups starting in a lot of churches where the Wednesday night, Sunday night service isn't isn't the same format. It's not the same. And some churches are doing like a Sunday night prayer meeting again, but they're shifting into your home, Mike and into your home, uh, James, and they're there which I think is awesome because you have a much better with a home group. You have a much better chance of building a core group of believers that become family, but you've got all these different dynamics. And then you've got people on the outside that want to tell you what you can think and feel and believe. And in some cases they will, they will come to your doorstep. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of things that have changed. I'm just jumbling things and throwing them in the pot, but there's a lot of things that have changed dynamically with churches and now the message you talked about, Mike, now that message can reach ears that never could have reached before. We have people in Germany that listen to our church service, and which means that we're reaching people that are lost, but we might be reaching people who are a threat that we can't see coming. I mean, like it's one of the amazing things about technology and cultures and different things changing is it changes things. Three years ago, if you'd have told me uh, that um, I was literally going to meet people at my church every single Sunday and look them in the eye because they were wearing, you know, um, they're wearing a mask. And that that possibly there were there would be people in our culture that would wear a mask for the rest of their life. That's a dynamic that's changed hugely just in the last two years within church security, and it's continuing to shift. So anyway, that's just a whole, like, a whole bunch of things that occurred to me across the face of that conversation, <laughs> and I just sort of da- data-dumped.
1: What's interesting, and you mentioned Germany, you know, we've, we've had, since, since our church has, has gone online um, and has broadcasted the service, we've had a lot of folks um, from different parts of the world listen as well. Um, and it's kind of cool because in some, in some ways, you know, in other countries where they have COVID restrictions and they can't, they can't have a service, um, the, our missionaries that are connected to our church will stream our service from their location as our service. So I think to an extent, I do think it has connected people a little bit more in that, in that level. Um, there was a family, actually, there's a family that lived in California and they came out and started visiting our church. And I, I got to talk to the the parents. I met them, talked to the parents not too long ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was trying to, to convince the, the dad to join our safety team because I guess he was a, a, a paramedic in California. And um, so I had purely ulterior motives there with talking to him. But what was really cool was they said, you know what? We, they said, we we felt like we needed to get out of California and move somewhere more conservative. And I said, that's interesting, but what brought you to Ohio? And he said, well, he said, you know, we actually um we found jobs and stuff but he said we started listening to your broadcast sunday mornings and streaming that the entire year through covid and he said we did that and we realized that we wanted to be a part of that church and that church's ministry so when we moved we actually looked in the area of your church found you know found employment found a house moved and then got involved in the church. Now, I mean, obviously that's not gonna happen with everybody, but that's pretty cool to me that it can have have that impact. And, and like you said, um, Paul, earlier, not only does it have that impact, but that's also a two-edged sword. Like we need to watch that and understand that there's far more people that are engaged with what we're doing as a church now, being on social media so, so prevalently that um, that is more of a safety concern. But, um but yeah, they've, they've moved out, they became members of the church, and um, they seem to be adapting well to, well to the environment. So I'll throw it over to, to Mike, because I'm sure you wanted to add something. Yeah,
3: I want to kind of bring it to back to the, to, to the core piece here. I mean, we talk a bit about ministry mindset, we, we talk about servant leadership, and what what that involves. And and we highlight a lot of that, but let's focus on humility for a second is where I wanted to go with it. And really is that leading a team, leading a ministry, um, helping create an environment that is productive uh, and not detracting. It it starts with relationships. You got to build relationships with your team members. You got to build relationships with other teams within your church. You got to build better relationships with your pastors. And that's why you have to connect on that vision and mission. But you also have to build relationships with your family because, frankly, serving in a safety team capacity, I feel, has been more time intensive than serving in any other capacity in the church in my lifetime. And as a result, uh, there's a commitment. By the family, understanding that call on our lives to do that. But Mm -hmm. that requires sacrifice by the family as well. So we have to have those relationships and we have to really work at being able to have empathy for others, empathy for those that are coming through the doors of the church that may be hurting, empathy for the people on our team that may just need some more TLC and some more help in a specific area that may just not be getting it empathy for those that are burned out or stressed, or having something else go on that now something that they've trained for still becomes a trigger because of other things going on in their lives. We have to have empathy towards those and have those relationships. If we can have that humility to wade into it as no, I'm not just this leader and you must do this now and this is your task. We're not robots. Okay, we're human beings, we're we're serving alongside not over. Um, is what I like to see it as. We are serving the church together. We are serving the mission of this church. We are impacting the mission of this church. And we are serving together under the vision that the pastors have and the vision that we're sowing for this team. So again, it's it's not about us. you got to start there. It's not about us. And no matter how many classes we've been to and no matter how many new things we can share, and that's all great. You got to Keep doing that. The difference is if the moment you start thinking it's about you and your training and your skill set and your abilities, hang it up because you're done. You, you've you lost the bigger picture. You've lost the vision of what we need to do to serve in this capacity.
1: For sure. <clears throat> Paul, you wanted to jump in there. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I love that
2: because... <clears throat> marriage is like a bank account. And I was taught that many years ago by a pastor and friend. And we need to be very cognizant of the fact that we build that foundation at home. It's just what you said, Mike, because if I treated my wife terribly over the weekend and I didn't help her with the things she needed help with, and we've got young children, and I got up and hung out and, and checked the sports scores before I, before I left instead of helping her get the kids ready. And then I rush off to go serve. Um, and then she shows up at church and for some reason she's upset and and then i get asked by james to stay late and serve and now she's angry because the help she needed before she didn't get i am now in the red in my account i've made too many withdrawals and i don't know how many times when we do it the other way and we make sure and it's not that complicated you know i heard my wife earlier unloading the dishwasher and i I think it was yesterday and i stepped out of my office and i helped her finish unloading the dishwasher and we cleaned the kitchen and, and we're both talkers so we had this great conversation um and i'm not saying i'm the the you know the epitome or the paragon of of you know marital advice but if we did those things and we do those things before we go to church um it might break it might help prevent some fights on the way and uh or or things like that when we get there and the thing that's really scary is, I mean, I used to have a guy at my last church, really great guy. His wife would pick arguments with him on the way to, uh, to church. And then she would pop out of the vehicle just as pert and happy and ready for church. And let's go talk about God. And he would sit there in the vehicle and either fume or cry. Um, incredible guy. Um, those situations, it prevented him from being able to serve. It prevented him from being able to get fed, and it was one of those things that we were pouring into him as a ministry. So anyway, that's that's a lot that's gushing all at once, but um, let's go ahead and, and start our our closing, our closing and, and final <laughs> approach,
1: our, our closing thoughts. So one of the one of the things uh, I'll throw it over to, to Mike real quick because I know he wants to talk about it too. But one of the cool things about the the book, the vision, and creating a vision is what we call the OGSM framework. So, Mike, do you want to kind of zip through that real quick?
3: Sure. We'll, we won't have enough time. We could spend more than one episode. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably spend an episode on each of the four letters of this acronym, frankly. Um, but just to introduce it, and it's, it's really unpacked more in the book, and that's not just a shameless plug for the book, but really in the sense that there's just so much on that bone uh, that you got to kind of unpack it with that book. So OGSM is really, again, we talked about the mission and vision of the church. You've got to translate that into what is your vision for your team as a safety team. Objectives, goals, strategies, and measures. So you have the vision. You're casting that vision of where you want to go with your team. Now, you need to set some objectives. Those objectives are that direction you're trying to go, that vision that you're casting. So you write up and draft a series of objectives once you have those core themes or objectives now you're going to draft up goals now specific goals smart goals smart, um, simple measurable um you want to go after them and kind of look at how am i going to achieve my objectives so i'm going to set goals that help me understand that strategies are now how are you going to actually execute and and operate your team to reach those goals and deliver on the objectives. And finally, you close it out with measurement. You got to make sure those goals are measurable. You got to make sure that you're looking at, do I have the right strategy? Mm-hmm. Do my objectives, are, do, are they still sound? Has anything changed? This is not a one time and you carry on for eternity. This is sure. potentially an annual process uh, at minimum. It may be a quarterly process. You may find that you need to adapt, add new measures, add new goals change up your strategy but the idea is in order to truly determine that you are achieving vision and mission okay is that you got to follow on your objectives you need to achieve your goals you need to execute the right strategies and you need to measure it to tell you you're doing so
1: right so really in um i'm just gonna uh, just to wrap up some for for the discussion for this evening um, the Inspire Influence and Impact book that we have kind of summarizes where where all of that fits in. It kind of goes through if you're if you're looking for an intro, it kind of looks it kind of goes through the um, the ministry life cycle and explains what um, what that can do for you. And then as you go around that ministry life cycle with the different components. Uh, vision is actually the first component in that ministry life cycle. So, um, realistically, it's a it's a tool. They're all tools. They're all resources for you. If you're you know if you're interested in that sort of thing, each book has a built in group study, um, so you can do it with your you know by yourself or with your team very easily. And one of the cool things that uh, that we added was not only did we add um, a place for notes in the book, but we actually added a study question section where thinking about this chapter, if you go through as a team, like in a small group setting, you can ask questions, Um, there's an activity, there's a team building activity, and then there's also what we call moving forward, which is thinking past just the questions, like what's the next step for us? Like how how can we do this different? And so it's a, it's a great, um, we retooled them a little bit for that, uh, to put that component in. And, uh, I think it's been great. We've got a lot of positive feedback. Um, the next book in this the series is Engage. And, um, uh, that is something that we've been working on. We're hoping to have it out by Thanksgiving, um, maybe a little bit sooner, depending on, uh, everyone's involvement with <laughs> we're we're kind of tied up with a lot of different things and, uh, yep. you know, which has been awesome. But from a blessing standpoint, we've also had a lot of churches reach out to us and, uh, and ask us to, to kind of help them and, and swing by and, and, it sounds like our our uh, our conference card for next year is getting filled pretty quick because <laughs> we yeah. have a lot of folks Three reaching states. out to us about that yeah. as well.
3: Three states now that have now had uh, folks like yeah. to have this brought on the road. So we'll see. I mean, I uh, hope it continues to be to be blessed. We're not there yet with with the one in Columbus. So get your tickets. Those are going, Um, that's coming up in less, I think we're inside, we're right at about 45 days now. Um, So that's coming up pretty quickly, but yeah, there's so much there. I think the vision book also, we put in a worksheet for that OGSM. So if you wanna look at that a bit further, uh, by all means, that's in that book and then reach out. If you'd like to have a conversation with any of us, I mean, uh we're happy to have the conversation about the content in that book about how you apply that with your team and how you really get that value out of it it's it's just a series of tools we're trying again make this smarter not harder uh easier for all of us and uh, more effective to operate your
1: ministry team for sure so um actually that pretty much wraps it up for tonight paul do you want to want to close this in prayer
2: be honored to um so my plan is next week i should have the the funds and everything in place to actually buy the ticket to come up so um we should be signed sealed and delivered on that so i'm pretty excited about it so
1: uh <laughs> hopefully you'll see the three of us in columbus on october yeah, 2nd it
2: should be a lot of fun it's uh, you know life throws you limits, and sometimes you got to make some changes of plans and i'm looking forward to it so
0: all cool. right let's close this out in
2: prayer Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for the the leadership model that you gave us, Lord God. Um, those who, who would be first, uh, you know, should be last. And Lord God, I thank you that um, that I have friends in, in men like these men that their heart is to serve and to lead by that example, Lord God. And and uh, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord God. It, it it blesses my heart when I hear that there are people that are reached in different parts of the country, sometimes in my backyard, and that. Uh, this helped them to get over a hurdle or to start their team or, or to avoid danger. And I thank you for that, Lord God. And I ask that you would guide, bless and protect our churches. And Lord God, um, I just ask that you bring the right people uh, to Columbus. And I'm looking forward to seeing my brothers there. And we just uh, we just ask this in the one name that makes it possible in your son
1: Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We will see you next week. Next week, we're going to have Eric uh bauer of shield of hope he'll be visiting with us he's a he's a police officer and he's got a great ministry that helps first responders and uh i love what he's doing and so we asked him to be on the broadcast so he should be he should be joining us next week um to talk to us about ministry and and that sort of thing and then um as always you can reach out to us church safetyguys.com and if you need tickets or information about the conference you'll find a link To that as well. So we will see you next week. Take care. God bless. Have a great week.
0: Thank you for joining the Church Safety and Security broadcast with the Church Safety Guys, sponsored by Checker. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams. Join the discussion online and for other great resources, download the Church Security app or visit our website at ChurchSafetyGuys.com Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.